This is Free Talk Live. It is the Monday edition, and we're kicking off hour number one of the very first show for 2007. So uh, welcome aboard. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is the same as it always has been, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Mark, you didn't have a very good New Year's, nope. did you? Rang in the New Year with a big crash as, the, uh, <laughs> as my uh, Toyota Celica smacked right into a tree good news though tree not filing charges yeah that's always nice you know it you would think on new year's Eve, uh well you know the morning of new year's um that i would have been uh plastered and uh right. all that good stuff and and you know just uh you know ran off the side of the road and hit a tree it was actually your wife that ran off the side of the road. right and she hadn't had anything to drink at all um she was she was yeah she she was driving and i had had three beers that uh Day that in like you know, right. over hours, um, but uh, it was it was uh, icy roads and um, you know uh, Florida flatlanders on uh, New Hampshire icy roads and we just at three in the morning at three in the morning and uh, you know they had they didn't have the they didn't have the salt down and I didn't have snow tires I had all Whoops. all weather tires yeah and uh, she didn't really know how to accelerate out of the. Uh, um, out of control. It yeah. not really, wasn't really a spin. It was more of a wobble, fishtailing thing. Wow. So uh, that sounds yeah. scary, man. Good it, thing you were able to get uh, to get away from it. Yeah, it, w- it was only at 25 miles an hour. We were going slow and trying to. I be saw safe. the pictures, man. There was some damage. That car's totaled. Yeah. If it's not totaled, I hope it's not totaled. But because uh, I don't really want to get some other car, I, I like <laughs> I like my little black sports convertible. Well, you know, um, I didn't. I I had a wreck uh, also. This this past year, mm-hmm. and you know what we should have done. I thought today what? we should have just left our cars, sold our cars in Florida. We should have and moved up here and bought Subarus. That's uh, <laughs> that's originally what I sort sort of had wanted to do, but then I changed my mind about it, and so now both of our Florida cars have been wrecked, gone. Uh, they're, they're within a matter of four months. Yeah. Now mine happened to be just an accident in a parking lot on the on the behalf of my girlfriend, but yours uh, icy roads, so the New Hampshire conditions did it in. And so I guess if you're considering a move up north, uh, take the vehicle thing seriously and get yourself an all-wheel drive vehicle. I, there's no reason to chance it. Go all out. Get yourself some snow tires as well. They say, like, some people up here say that all seasons are okay. Yeah. I get the feeling that if you don't have experience, and even if you do have experience, you're still better off uh, with the snow tires. Mm. Anyway, that's just what I have to say to that. But it's a good thing that you guys are okay. Your wife is okay as well. Nobody is uh, hopefully seriously injured. No, no, there's no, there's no injuries. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. You're going to tell me about a gay sheep. Yes, I am. What is going on? Well, I, th- this is my favorite article. I, I've, I've actually had this for uh, I think a day or two. Um, science told, hands off gay sheep. This is a, an article out of the Times Online. Um, scientists are conducting experiments to change the sexuality of gay sheep in a program that critics fear could pave the way for breeding out of homosexuality in humans. Hmm. The technique being developed by American researchers adjusts the hormonal balance in the brains of homosexual rams so that they may be more inclined to mate with ewes. It raised the prospect of pregnant women um, could one day be offered a treatment to reduce or eliminate the chances that their offspring would be homosexual. I'm not so sure wow. I want my baby um, hormonally played with yeah, that's on the pretty speculative that it might be gay. Right. Um so what happens if he's he or she um he is not gay um and Get your you, money back? 
and you hormonally fiddle with him, I mean, what are you going to do? Make him a predator? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah, it's a good question. It raises the process. Um, let's see. The experts say, in theory, the straightening procedure on humans. That's straightening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quotation marks. It's right. Very clever. Um, on humans could be simple as hormone supplement for mothers-to-be worn on the skin like an anti-smoking nicotine patch. The research um, at Oregon State University in the city of Corvallis at the Oregon Health and Science University in Portland has mm-hmm. caused an outcry. Martina Navratilova, the lesbian <laughs> tennis player who won Wimbledon nine times, and scientists and gay rights campaigners in Britain have called for the project to be abandoned. Well, you know... I gotta say that I support their 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 ability to do this modification because I mean the, for the gay activists to call for this project to be abandoned is is essentially the equivalent of activists calling for the the abandonment of any sort of modification of your offspring in that some people can aren't they able to now essentially create it to where to create your baby to where you can de- decide whether or not you want a boy or a girl can't they already do that to I, an extent I, I don't know that they can do that yet i've heard that the you speculation that it'll whether soon not, be something that you right, can you, do you'll be able to decide whether or not you want them to be blonde or brunette no no or, i don't think we're at that point yet Ian. i think what we they've speculated that, that will soon be something that well, one can do well it's probably just around the corner and i those are things that i support i mean i think that if you want to mess around with the baby inside you and tinker with it then you should be able to do that there may be some adverse consequences to it you are certainly going to be entering into an experimental program and i would hope that uh, whoever's running this program will essentially make these uh, these parents sign agreements that say hey if my baby turns out to be gay anyway i can't sue you you know, this is an experiment. Uh, I don't necessarily support what they're doing specifically. I think that uh, I wouldn't care if my children were gay or not. Uh, but if there's somebody out there that really cares that much, then why would you want to have uh, that individual have gay children, right? Well, like, you're, you're they're, they're going to hate their children if they're gay. Um, That's not good. You're you're sort of falling into the trap that, um, in fact, they're doing the research on rams in order to have this information for humans. And as the, the isn't article, that what they just said they were doing? No, no. That they said that that people are speculating. Gay rights groups are speculating that right. this is what could be done. Um, the scientists are experimenting on rams that want to hump other rams. Okay. So no, that's not what they're doing. Well, they're doing it on rams now so they can do it with humans later. No, they're doing it on rams now so that they can make rams stop humping rams. Is it a real problem in the ram population? Yes, believe it or not. Navratilova defended the right of sheep to be gay. (laughs) She said, how could it be in the year 2006 a major university would host such homophobic and cruel experiments? She said gay men and lesbians would be deeply offended by social implications of the tests. But... The researchers uh, argue that the work is valid, shedding light on the broad question of what determines sexual orientation. They insist the work is not aimed at curing homosexuality. Hmm. Approximately one ram in ten prefers to mount other rams. Rather Isn't than that about what the numbers are for humans? I would say that it's something Maybe like a little that. higher? I'd say it's a little higher than what it is in humans, but it's just No, no, I thought maybe humans would be at least one in ten. I don't know. Um, Sounds comparable. It, it, what can I say? I, what, what do I know? I... I don't see why the gay activists are so angry. I mean, why don't they just embrace the technology, and that way they can guarantee that their sons or daughters are gay. Maybe we could reverse it, essentially. Make it so that we can create whoever we want to create in the womb. Fabulous. 
reducing its value to the farmer, the ram that is. Initially, the uh, public-funded project aimed to improve productivity of herds. The scientists have been able to pinpoint the mechanism influencing the desires of male-oriented rams by studying their brains. The uh, animal skulls were cut open and um, electronic sensors were attached to their brains. By varying hormone levels, um, mainly by injecting hormones into the brain, they have had considerable success in altering the ram's sexuality and with some mm. previous uh, gay animals becoming attracted to youths. Professor Charles Roselli... E-W-E-S, not youths, right? Correct. Didn't want the rams getting attracted to the farmhand. That's correct. <laughs> Professor Charles Roselli, the uh, health and science university biologist leading the research, defended the project. He said, in general, sexuality has been understudied because of political concerns. People don't want science looking into what determines sexuality. It's a touchy issue. In fact, several studies have shown that people who believe homosexuality is biologically based are less homophobic than people who think that its orientation is acquired. The research That makes sense. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. And uh, I agree that it is biologically based I, I for the most so part. Also, the research is, and, and this seems like proof to me, if the rams are gay and you can change them um, with hormone mm -hmm. stuff, then why the heck wouldn't it be biologically based? But My question on this is uh, for you, listeners, 800-259-9231. If you were pregnant or your wife was pregnant and there was some sort of a technology for humans that would allow you to guarantee that your son or daughter would not turn out to be a homosexual, would you or would you not engage in that technology for your fetus? And if you would, why or why not? 800-259-9231. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, Monday edition. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there because they are completely free. That does include the bulletin board system, over 165,000 posts, over 1,300 people interacting, all kinds of different stuff to talk about, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's free, at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And what's your liberty issue? The right to bear arms? Well, register now for the February 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Panelists include pro-Second Amendment New Hampshire state representatives and gun organizations, as well as Bill Westmiller, the national chairman of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Woo. Visit freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more info and to get registered. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You know, this will be my first chance to actually meet in person Bill, Bill Westmiller. Westmiller. Yeah, they asked me to speak at the uh, Republican Liberty Caucus event um, it, it's the same weekend we were moving. Mm -hmm. um, oh, so yeah, that's right. I remember it that. It just now. couldn't be done. Right. And uh, I'm really looking forward to see him. Should be a lot of fun. All right. So our number, 800-259-9231. My question before, since you brought up this issue about essentially tinkering with a fetus of a ram, not a human being, but a ram, because apparently one out of every ten rams exhibit homosexual uh, personalities. And so there are scientists at one particular university here in the United States that it, or maybe it was was it in the U.S. or was it in uh, Great Britain? I missed that. Well, point. It, um, it's the articles from Great Britain. Great Great Britain, but uh, the university is in the U.S. Okay, and they're testing to see if they and it sounds like they're they're being successful at it. Mm -hmm. They're successfully modifying the feti. I believe that's the word. Uh, the fetuses, feti. I of think it's rams. The, the, no, no, the beh the behavior of um, adult rams. 
They're modifying the adults? I thought they were doing it in the womb. They're not modifying them yet. That Now they're controlling them at this point. They're looking, um, you know, they're trying to figure out what hormone balances um, cause the uh, adults to um, not stop acting gay. Really? So they're actually, in, I'm, I'm, so, for some reason I missed that when you were going over it. So they're injecting them with something is what they're doing? They're, and they're um, making them monitoring less gay? Their, they're monitoring little, their little sheep brains mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, giving them little micro injections of hormones. But the the initial concept or the the purpose of the research is so that they can uh, they can assess them in the womb, correct, and give them chemicals or hormones while in the womb to where they'll come out and presumably not be gay for the for their whole life. Both sides are predicting something like that at some point. I see. But right now the research is being done on adult rams. Got it. So we're going down that road, and as you might imagine, there'd probably be a significant demand for a service like this from certain people here in the United States for their human children. And, of course, my question for you is, if you were getting ready to be a parent, if, you had, uh, if you're a lady and you're, you're pregnant or you're, you're a man and you've got a, a pregnant wife, would you engage in this particular modification if it were on the marketplace, if it were something you could do for a human baby? Would you do it? And if so, why? Or, if not, why not? 800-259-9231. Mark, you, as somebody who uh, may be looking into having a child yourself, uh, this may be something you'll have to confront in the future. So, how do you feel about it? Well, um, I would think that this would come as a, like, sort of package. Um, You would... If you were going to do modifications, um, you would the doctor would sort of ask you, so are you interested in genetic modifications of your like child? A custom package. Right, and you would right. say yes or no. And at that point, it would probably come, well, um, I've got some questions I'd like to ask you. Would, would you like the child to be blonde, right. redhead, or dark-haired? Yeah. Um, and then you'd say, mm, dark hair, like me. And, uh, right. And then... Hey, uh, like me. How... You know, right. How tall would you like the child to be? Would you like the child child to be tall or moderate mm-hmm. height or short? You know, tall. And uh, would you like him to be a muscular build or kind of, uh, uh, you know, lean to the fatty side? Um, mm. You know, whatever. Um, you would ask, and they would uh, make a modified custom package for you. And so I don't think it would be quite the um, – it wouldn't be quite as would you Would you customize? Um, just in general? No, uh, not not early on. Um, right now, customization would be very much on the uh, the horizon. This would be something very new. So I don't I w- mean like right now. I mean if they had it down pat, where you could customize your baby, no risk, guaranteed it's going to work, or your money back, that sort of thing. I mean, like you can go in there and check a box, and, like you're saying, get whatever sort of features, if you will, uh, you want on your child. I think that um, I think the answer to that would be yes. Um, you would. I wouldn't be excited about it or anything like that, but mm-hmm. um, really it's a step from, um, from here. Here's, here's the question that uh, someone would have to ask themselves. Do I want my child to be born with um, no arms and no legs? Well, who would want that? No one would. So you would be modifying a possible uh, fetus that had no arms and no legs mm-hmm. to modifying it to have arms and legs. Well, once you've got, taken the step and said, well, I want to make sure that the child at least has arms and legs. Then and it's just healthy, a difference you know, in degrees. It is. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what most Americans would say about that. I wonder if you, you, know, if you put that out to a poll mm-hmm. of, uh, of a thousand Americans, how many Americans, if they hadn't thought of that aspect, the deformity aspect, mm-hmm. how many just on a purely cosmetic basis would opt in to modifying their baby? I wonder about that, and I'm, I wonder about you at 800-259-9231. Now, personally, I've got a vasectomy, so won't be an issue with me. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I find it a fascinating question. 
as far as uh, what people will do. It's not a question completely um, closed to you. I mean, you could very well um, order a child uh, from someone else, you know, have them uh, bring, have a child uh, for you kind of thing, and then you could modify that child. Anyway. You know, before you mentioned the part about the deformities, I was leaning towards not making modifications. But when you brought that up, you know, hey, who wants to have a retarded baby? I am, after all, a super genius. Right. And really, you're not doing the kid any favors by bringing him into the world without two, le- you know, without any legs mm-hmm. or or with uh, Down syndrome or something like that. You're not doing them any favors. You're certainly not doing yourself any favors. And isn't that why most people have kids in the first place, for selfish reasons? I I think they would want them. Yeah, well, they I want mean, they want them. Isn't to that the reason themselves that and... everyone um, does everything? Yes, for it self- is selfish reasons. Yeah, okay. I was just asking to see if you would disagree. I didn't think you would, but uh, yes, everybody does everything for selfish reasons, in my opinion. And I think that there's uh, there's some evidence to back that up, especially when it comes to babies. People want to have babies because not because they want to bring another life into the world, but because they want a legacy. They want to pass on their genes, or they want to raise their kid in a way that their parents never raised them. There's all kinds of personal reasons for it, but everyone wants to do it for their reasons, not for the kids' reasons. So if that's really the case, and I think it is, then I think I think more people would probably engage in the modification than would maybe admit that they would engage in the modification. Mm. I think that if you actually, if you took that thousand-person sample mm-hmm. and you asked them, well, if you had the opportunity to modify your children uh, uh, for just for customization purposes, for hair, color, and all that other stuff, would you? I think a significant portion of the people would say, no, 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 I would never. But then I think that if you took those results and compared that thousand people ten years down the line after they'd all had children or as they were having, uh, getting ready to have the kids, and then you found out whether or not they actually did engage in modification, if you could somehow check that mm-hmm. without having to have them be honest, I think you'd find out that a significant percentage would have engaged in it, and uh, they would have gone back on what they said. Well, um, it, I would agree. I would agree entirely. I because mean, it would have seemed the right thing to do at the time. This kind of science isn't something that people necessarily flaunt. Uh, for instance, some women have boob jobs, and you know they don't want you to know that they, you know, that rack isn't theirs. Toll-free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What would you do if you were getting ready to have a child, and all of these options were available to you? Also, here's a question for you, Mark. How many adults in America? predict that Jesus Christ is coming back in 2007. We'll find out. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. Monday edition, you take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there, completely free, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. And I did add the two new Shriners that I promised over the weekend. So mm-hmm. you can go to the, uh, the website, and you can take a look at them. And you can, if you are a lady listener, you can submit yourself, uh, a picture of yourself, rather, to the Shrine. It is a requirement that it be validated. Now, you'll see what I mean if you go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you have a kid in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling. Give them financial financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. 
Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com. Well, how many of uh, Americans, what percentage, believes that Jesus Christ will be returning in 2007, this year? What do you think, Mark? 10%. Yeah, too low. Oh, really? Yeah, too low by a significant factor. What? (laughs) I'll get to it. According to the Associated Press, another terrorist attack, a warmer warmer planet, death and destruction from a natural disaster. These are among Americans' grim predictions for the United States in 2007. But on a brighter note, only a minority of people think that the United States will go to war with Iran or North Korea over the country's nuclear uh, ambitions. An overwhelming majority thinks Congress will raise the federal minimum wage. Oh, that's a, supposed to be a brighter note, according I to guess. according to the article. But uh, that's not really the case. Minimum wage is uh, damaging to the economy. Minimum wage hurts low-wage workers, hurts those who it actually intends to help. It does help a couple of people. You know, it helps a few people, but at the cost of others. Mm. Not good. Anyway, uh, also, a third of the United States sees a hope for a cure to cancer. These are among the findings of an Associated Press AOL news poll that asked Americans to gaze into their crystal balls and contemplate what 2007 holds for the country. For this one year, all these things are going to happen? Mm-hmm. Six in ten people think that uh, predictions are worth a hill of beans, but and, right. interesting to see what people think. Uh, six in <laughs> or ten, don't. Six, right. six in ten uh, people in the United States think the U.S. will be the victim of another terrorist attack next year. That's 60% of Americans. More than five years after the September 11th assault on New York and Washington. An identical percentage think it's likely that bad guys will unleash a biological or nuclear weapon elsewhere in the world. Now, I wonder, this article doesn't get into it, but I wonder what percentage... Was it 6 in 10 last year? Does it is it 60% every year that believes that the U.S. is going to get hit by a terrorist attack? Or does the percentage go up year after year as we continue to not get hit by terrorist attacks? Anyway, uh, let's see. An identical percentage think it's likely... Uh, let, oh, there's plenty of gloom to accompany all that doom. 70% of Americans predict another ma- uh, major natural disaster within the United States. Ooh, now that's going out on a limb, huh? Yeah, well, not really. I guess, I guess what do you qualify as major? When people die, people die in natural disasters all the time. I'm not sure what the, the qualification is there. Anyway, it's, I'd say they're right about that one. It, there's pretty good odds that there's going to be a, a big natural disaster because, well, the United States is a big place. I mean, if, you, if it was just in Hawaii, yeah, you know, maybe they could get by a year without having something major. But the entire United States, whether it be an earthquake or a hurricane or typhoon or whatever, yeah, it's probably going to be a natural disaster. Uh, it, there's bound to be mudslides, uh, fire, um, you know, uh, forest blizzards. fires. Uh, something is going to happen, and people are going to die. Fewer than one third of people, or 29 percent, think it's likely that the United States will withdraw its troops from Iraq. Among other predictions for the United States in 2007, slightly more than one third, or 35 percent of Americans, predict the military draft will be reinstated. One in four, 25 percent, anticipates the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's right. One out of every four Americans thinks that Jesus Christ, old J.C., is going to come back in 2007. Why 2007? <laughs> I mean, he's... The end times are here! He's been absent for 2,000 years. Mark, haven't you been paying attention to the conflict in the Middle East? It's clear the prophecies are being fulfilled. But the prophecies are... I mean, people can always make uh, predictions on the, the prophecies. I mean, there's always wars and rumors of wars. I mean, we're human. There's always... Um, 
you know, uh, natural disasters in diverse places. 25%. That's all I've got for you. Those are, those are the statistics <sighs> from the AP poll. All right, 800-259-9231. I don't know, maybe you've got predictions for uh, 2007. I guess yours are as good as anybody else's. Oh, and of course it I got is. A pr- I got a prediction. Yeah. Jesus Christ not coming back. Uh, that's pretty safe. Yeah. Yeah, pretty safe. Um, uh, okay, here's another one. Since it is New Year's, and we didn't mention this beforehand, but I always like to find out what your resolutions are. You know, New Year's resolutions. People make them, and then people break them. But I suppose there are some people out there that can actually make New Year's resolutions and stick to them. And whether or not that you uh, you think you're going to stick to them or not, everyone I think creates them initially with the in- with good intentions, with uh, with the intention to stick with it, with the intention to uh, modify their behavior. In some cases, some people I think a lot of people will resolve to do more exercise or mm-hmm. quit smoking or quit these drinking. Are, these are good ones. Something like that. Cut back on the heroin habit. You know that sort of thing. I wonder if the heroin addicts are maybe too far gone for the resolution. Well, what I'd like to know is, if you have a New Year's resolution, would you share it with us? Because I'm just curious. 800-259-9231. Mine is going to be, Mark, that, well, obviously I'd like to resolve to uh, make Free Talk Live more successful than Mm. it was at the beginning of uh, 2006. Same here. And I think we'll be fine with that, especially with you guys out there listening and helping out and amping and all that. But um, personally, I need to get myself on a schedule. Like, I get a, I've, I've been doing better at getting up in the morning. See, mm-hmm. when you don't have to go and punch a time clock somewhere, at least for me, when I don't have to get up in the morning and be somewhere at 8 o'clock like I used to have to for, for my old jobs that I used to work. I used to work at uh, the Big K in a, in a radio station. You know, you had to be in there at a certain time or else you were going to get in trouble. Well, when you work for yourself, and anybody who's ever worked for themselves probably understands this, it gets a little more difficult. The self-discipline is pretty tough because there's no boss hanging over you. There's no threat of the paycheck not coming in uh, at the end of the week. Yeah, it's pretty serious business getting to work on time if you're working for somebody. But And I never had a problem either. Um, back when I worked for people, it was no problem whatsoever to get up at any time. It didn't matter if it was 3 in the morning to come in and fill in for the morning show at the rock station I used to. No problem. I Wake don't think I, – I, I never saw you come in late. Um, and there you was said, one time. Yeah, you said that you were late one time. There was one time I was late, and I always beat myself up whenever I'm late. In this case, I was so tired, they actually sent somebody to my house because there was a guy that worked in my uh, – he lived in my neighborhood, Rob Rovnack, lived in my neighborhood, so he came down and – banged on my front door. Apparently, I was living in my parents' house at the time. Mm-hmm. They weren't home. I didn't hear it. And I woke up you know, an hour later and, of course, was cursing at myself and uh, running out the door to get to work. Right. But it was never a problem for me to get to work on time when I had somewhere to go. But ever since I've started working for myself, it has been just very difficult for me to get my butt out of bed at a decent hour in the morning so I can start making phone calls to radio stations and that sort of thing. I've been getting better at it within the past few weeks, and I've been making goals to where you know, I, I've been getting it four out of five days, which is way better than what I used to, which is zero to one out of five days. So definitely improving there. But the other problem I have, Mark, is that I spend way too much time doing things that aren't productive. I'll get up and then say, all right, I got up on time. Now I can... Screw around with the email box for, uh, you know, for an hour. Fabulous. Right. And while it's important for me to answer emails and and do that sort of thing, there are other things that I should be spending my time on. So what I need to do is create a a schedule for myself. Like, 
certain things that I can do within certain time periods throughout the day and stick to it. So that's my res- uh, that's my New Year's resolution. A schedule. Yes. How about you, Mark? Do you have one? You know, I haven't really thought about New Year's resolutions. I have lots of uh, crappy habits that I could uh, do away with, but um, I don't think I'll be quitting smoking cigars. Forget this it. Year. No need to better myself in 2007. <laughs> I, I just... I, you Why know, bother? I really... I, I, I might be have just become resigned and cynical to... Uh, Resolutions. I, I generally they don't do anything for me. I haven't had a resolution stick yet. I want to know about you. Do you have a New Year's resolution? And uh, if so, I'd like you to share it at 800-259-9231. That is the toll-free packet eight line one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is your show. Also on the way, besides your New Year's resolutions, the ten most outrageous civil liberties violations of two thousand six. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They are completely free, and you can expect that they will continue to be free on and through 2007 and beyond. Freetalklive.com, though we do ask that you on a voluntarily, uh, voluntary basis support the show by buying some stuff. In fact, I just checked the report, by the way, Mark, mm-hmm. for our Amazon account, amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, lots of our listeners have been doing their shopping there. We've heard from them personally, and uh, and I really appreciate everybody going to shop at amazon.freetalklive.com because when you order something there, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your order. In fact, we, oh gosh, we did $12,000 in volume at amazon.freetalklive.com. Wow. In December alone. That's a, that's a big month. Yep, and that was up from, uh, I think, about 8000 in November. And there's some good news, by the way, with the Amazon.freetalklive.com. The, their original plan was to end the percentages on the gift certificates after the holiday season, but they've now extended that through the end of March. So if you still want to buy anybody a gift certificate for whatever reason, Free Talk Live will still get a percentage on those. And virtually anything else that you add into your shopping cart, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of. So, And the more stuff that gets ordered, the bigger our percentage gets. So it's just it's just going to get better and better for us over time. Anyway, Amazon.freetalklive.com, great way to get the stuff you need and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. So as we go to the phones to the fun, I want to know if you have a New Year's resolution or more than one. And if so, what is it? And also... What were your old New Year's resolutions? What was your New Year's resolution from 2006, if you even remember it? Right. And if you do remember it, how'd you do with it? Let's go to the phones, talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Well, hi, guys. I didn't know you were going to do, Christ- uh, do the uh, uh, New Year's resolution things, because I never do them. So. Okay, well, that was easy. Hey, Gene, <laughs> before you get to why you were calling, there was a, a poll that was done that said that 25% of Americans think that Jesus is coming in 2007. You as a Christian anarchist, what's your thoughts? Um, my thought is nobody knows when he's coming, so what's the point? Fair enough. So what was on your mind tonight, Gene? Hey, um, I'm, I want to update you on that new, uh, the story about the uh, snow. Because okay. I told you we flew back from, from uh, Denver, didn't have any problem. There was no big, the snow wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. Now, our, my wife's sister's husband, sister and her husband drove down. They were driving south out of Denver the same day we flew back, which was Saturday. And um, they got to Pueblo, 
and the cops had the road shut down. Now, mind you, there's no snow on the road at all. The cops had the road shut down all the way to New Mexico, and he, he, there was one at the gas station there, so he asked him, well, why is the road shut down? And the cop looked at him like he was some kind of an idiot, you know, like he was a total fool. And the cop says, well, there's five feet of snow on the road down there. We can't let people drive down there. So the freeway, mind you, is shut down. Mm. So he takes the back roads, goes up over a pass that's 10,000-foot altitude. There's no snow on the roads. Mind you, these are dangerous two-lane roads versus the nice, safe freeway road that they had shut down. So he's taking these back roads to get around this ridiculous uh, shut down freeway there's no snow on the ground he manages to get around to the point where the cop says there's five feet of snow on the ground he actually took some video on his cell phone because the grass was sticking up through the snow that's how much snow was on the ground maybe an inch or two of snow hmm. on the ground and they're shutting the freeway down claiming there's five feet of snow on the ground now the cop knows that's a lie the cop that told him that had to know that he was lying through his teeth so the question, because he's got cop friends. If he himself hasn't been down that road, his cop buddies have been down that road, and no, there's not five feet of snow down there. So the question is, why are they shutting down highways that don't need to be shut down and then lying to the public about it? That's an excellent question, Gene. I mean, if what you say is, is accurate, uh, what's your uh, speculation? I think that it's probably they're using this as a homeland security drill or something, you know, to try and... Uh, get people accustomed to this type of behavior by the by the government you know the big big brother government telling you everything you have to do and watching out for your safety and protecting you because they know the snow is not there there's no way those cops and the other people who are shutting that road down there's no way that they think there's five feet of snow down there and yet they're telling people that I don't know what else it could be. I mean, it seems very, very bizarre. So you're, you think it's just conditioning, essentially, that they're it's just trying to, to get people used to it. Got to be conditioning. They're conditioning people to accept anything mommy government tells them without question. Mark, did you, uh, did you want to? I, just I don't know. It, seems, it, it, it all seems so odd to me that, uh, you know, people, people have called in here and said that, uh, you know, they're out there and um, the... Well, there the roads was snow. Are shut down. There's no question that there was snow, and the roads are shut down. The cops are shutting the roads down, but they don't need to shut them down. But it's not now, a I come, I come from snow country. I've lived in snow country a good percentage of my life. I know what snow is about. And these roads were not dangerous. They were not shut down. I mean, there was no reason to shut them down. And sure, you know what? Even if, they were, even if they were a little bit dangerous, it's not like the government's liable if you go flying off the road. So, no, they're not. And, and then, uh, you know, somebody else told me that uh, they lived in California, and they'd have an inch of, inch of rain, and they would be out there with their newscast showing this one little mud puddle that they found where the cars were splashing through it, mm -hmm. and they would claim how, how everything was flooded, and in reality it wasn't flooded. So I don't know what they're doing, if it's just trying to get ratings, but definitely the government is not trying to get ratings. They're they're up to something interesting speculation stuff down. We, appreciate we appreciate the call man thank you sir 800-259-9231 well he Very does point out something that news is by its nature bad news um, sure. you know and so if there isn't bad news then um for the weather people then they sort of have to they, they would be inclined to create bad news otherwise their job is irrelevant it's a little bit of a conspiratorial suggestion that he was making but nonetheless i mean considering if his evidence is as he says it is very interesting, nonetheless. 800-259-9231. Talking about the uh, New Year's resolutions, people's New Year's resolutions, we'd like to hear if you happen to have any of them. 
Uh, but according to, let's see here, this is about.com. There are a there's a top ten list here oh boy. of New Year's resolutions. Do love top ten lists. And I don't know if this is based on anything beyond uh, Kimberly Powell's opinions, but nonetheless, here are some suggestions. Maybe you're looking for something uh, to resolve in the new year. The number ten. I, I guess we'll go from ten to well, we'll go from one to ten. Number one. Spend more time with family and friends. Recent polls conducted by GNC, Quicken, and others show that more than 50% of Americans vow to appreciate loved ones and spend more time with family and friends this year. That's a that's a good goal. Number two, fit in fit, and it's tough too because we're so busy. Mm-hmm. As uh, as the government continues to take more and more of our income, right? Uh, via confiscation, gotta work uh, harder. Via taxes, you have to work harder to have the same level of uh, essentially to have the same level of living that you had once had. And of course, uh, that doesn't even factor in inflation, which is yet another way the government continues to take more of your income where you aren't even really aware of it. So they, uh, there's all kinds of different hits that your lifestyle is taking from government intrusion, and so therefore you have less time to spend with your family and friends. Number two, fit in fitness. The evidence is in for fitness. Regular exercise has been associated with more health benefits than anything else known to man. Studies show it reduces the risk of some cancers, increases longevity, and helps achieve and maintain weight loss, enhances mood, lowers blood pressure, and even improves arthritis. In short, exercise keeps you healthy and makes you look and feel better. That's one of the toughest ones to keep to stick to, though. It is. Um, it's getting to that gym. That's really the tough part. It it is. It's it's difficult to, uh, you know, set the time aside. You know, there's important things to be done, money to be made, right? Um, tasks that need to be accomplished. And even if you've got a home gym, even if you've got something set up in your house, it's still so difficult to just pick up the weights for the first time to actually get around mm-hmm. to getting around to doing it. And so if uh, if you've got to be fit or to spend more time exercising on your list of New Year's resolutions, best of luck sticking to that one. That's a tough one. Number three. Well, t- once you um, – there, there's there's an upside to that is uh, once you get it into your habit, um, probably after, I don't know, six months, three months, something mm-hmm. like that, it's in there. You want to go more so than um, – it used to be. That may be true, but I still think there's a chance that if you can, if you come up with an excuse as to why you have to stop for a little while, then you get right back into your old ways of not doing the exercise. Number three, tame the bulge. Over 66% of adult Americans are considered overweight or obese. So 60? it's not surprising, overweight or obese. So it's not surprising to find that weight loss is one of the most popular New Year's resolutions. Setting reasonable goals and staying focused are the two most important factors in sticking with a weight loss program and the key to success for those millions of Americans who made a New Year's commitment to shed extra pounds. Number four, quit smoking. If you've ever resolved to make this the year that you stamp out your smoking habit, over-the-counter availability of nicotine replacement therapy now uh, provides easier access to proven quit-smoking aids. Even if you've tried to quit before and failed, don't let it get you down. On average, smokers try about four times before they quit for good. So, also, um, keep trying. I know somebody that tried the the shot, the smoking mm-hmm. shot, and that worked pretty darn well. So there are some pretty effective methods out there, but the most important factor is that you be ready for it. Number two, uh, well, we'll get to more coming up. Hour number two is on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. What's your resolution? Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, Monday edition. As we launch into hour number two, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. And as always, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. And that's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you, by the way, for all your voice over IP needs. Packet8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there because they are completely free. That again, freetalklive.com. We're actually going to uh, recap and then continue New Year's resolutions, the top ten New Year's resolutions. In case you're just tuning in, uh, number one was spend more time with family and friends. This is apparently based on some some polls of Americans and, and what they resolve to do every year. And uh, so spend more time with family and friends is number one. Number two, um, get more fit, more exercise. Number three, or I guess exercise for some people that don't do much. Number three, tame the bulge, as in lose weight. Uh-huh. Number four, quit smoking, and that leaves us at number five. But before we go on, I'd like to invite you to participate. What's your New Year's resolution? For me, it's not going to be one of uh, one of these, at least. For me, it's going to be setting a schedule and sticking to it. I need to get up at a certain time and do specific things throughout the day. Otherwise, I just get overwhelmed by all the things that I have stacked up that I don't feel like I can ever get to. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like the feeling of being overwhelmed. I'll tell you, um, it, there, it, it's a great way to feel like you have control of your day by being up early. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing. I want to hear about what's your uh, what your resolutions are for 2007. Also, if you had resolutions in 2006 and whether or not they did or did not work out, if they didn't work out, what happened? Maybe your experience can help somebody else who might be setting the same resolution for themselves this year. 1-800-259-9231. So, we will go on with the top 10 New Year's resolutions according to About.com. Number 5. Enjoy life more. Given the hectic, stressful lifestyles of millions of Americans, it's no wonder that enjoying life more has become a popular resolution in recent years. It's an important step to a happier and healthier you. Eh, I feel like that one is uh, way too... uh, intangible, if you will. Enjoy life more. How do you measure how much you're enjoying life? How will you really know whether or not you're enjoying life more this year than you are than you were last year? Well, um, if if you feel that that's a goal that you need to have, mm-hmm. then I would think that uh, it's something that you're paying attention to, and you'd be able to say, I'm enjoying myself right now, or I'm not, and I'm going to choose to uh, uh, pick my resolution, which is to enjoy life more, and I'm going to enjoy myself. Number six, quit drinking. While many people use the new year as an incentive to finally stop drinking, most are not equipped to make such a drastic life ch- uh, lifestyle change all at once. Many heavy drinkers fail to quit cold turkey, but do much better when they taper gradually or even learn to moderate their drinking. If you've decided that you want to stop drinking, there's a world of help and support available. That much is definitely the case. Number seven, get out of debt. This is a good one for anybody uh, that has any amount of debt if it hasn't been a priority for you to pay that stuff off. Definitely reorganize, restructure as much as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Take a percentage of your paycheck every single week and send it towards your debt. Get that stuff taken care of because, man, if you want to have uh, the above, the uh, spending more time with family and friends, enjoying life more, get out of debt is a good way to go about it. And you actually could combine that with uh, quitting smoking, quitting drinking. If those are two problems, uh, two vices that you have, if you can actually successfully do either one of those Could two... Could be a first, rough first week. If you can successfully do either one of those two, you're going to have more money that you could be putting towards your debt instead of putting towards your habits. 
But she says, was uh, money a big source of stress in your life last year? Join the millions of Americans who've resolved to spend this year getting a handle on their finances. It's a promise that will repay itself many times over in the year ahead. I would say in the years ahead, uh, for sure, if you can get out of debt. Number eight, learn something new. Have you vowed to make this year the year to learn something new? Perhaps you're considering a career change, want to learn a new language, or just how to fix your computer. Whether you take a course or read a book, you'll find education to be one of the easiest, most motivating New Year's resolutions to keep. Challenge your mind in the coming year, and your horizons will expand. Always a good idea to uh, to learn new things, to create new synapses firing in your brain, that sort of thing. Keep yourself uh, fresh, if you will, not stagnating. You know, um, it your your brain's your brain um will just go to mush if you don't use it. You have to learn new things, right? Like you got to constantly be challenging yourself, especially as as you get older. A lot of uh, some older people. I remember my old, uh, my ex-girlfriend. Her grandmother. We'd go over to her house, and all she does all day is sit around and watch television. And you want to talk about your mind going to mush? Yeah. That's. I mean, get out in the garden or or do something. I mean, that's terrible. I, I it made me feel terrible seeing that happen to somebody. But she's doing it to herself. It's not like she's infirmed. She doesn't have to be sitting there all day. She she's could get up and TV. do something. Number nine, help others. A popular, non-selfish New Year's resolution, volunteerism can take many forms. Oh, that's just a myth. It's absolutely selfish to volunteer. People volunteer, and this goes back to what we were talking about last hour, that everything that you do in life is based on selfishness. Right. People volunteer because it makes them feel good. If they didn't get that good, warm, fuzzy feeling inside, they wouldn't do it. So go out and do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying don't volunteer. I'm just telling you it is selfish, and that's okay. It's good. Anyway, she says whether you choose to spend time helping out at your local library, mentoring a child, or building a house, there are many nonprofit volunteer organizations that could really use your help. Number 10, get organized. On just about every New Year's resolution top 10 list, organization can be a very you, right? reasonable goal. I guess you're right about that. Whether you want uh, your, home, uh, your home organized enough that you can invite someone over on a whim or your office organized enough that you can find the stapler when you need it, these tips and resources should get you started on the way to a more organized life. So I guess she's saying that, or I guess she's suggesting that organization is a more of a things in the right place mm-hmm. sort of a uh, concept. But for me, it's organizing my day. For me, it's getting... The the things that I need to do um, happening at the time I need to be doing. Them. Yeah, a little discipline on uh, when to check emails and things like that. Exactly. Doesn't hurt. I mean, I, I often find myself doing the same thing during the day. As I'm an email addict. When I should be making telephone calls to advertisers saying, please, please, advertise on Free Talk right. Live, I'm instead looking at uh, show prep that uh, listeners have sent me. And there's a lot of it out there. Yeah. But that needs to be done really at 6 p.m., we got another top ten list coming up. The top ten most outrageous civil liberties violations of 2006, at least according to Slate.com. As we go to the phone, so first, let's talk to Nick in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure to talk to you uh, this uh, New Year's evening. And uh, I just want to say congratulations on the first 1,000 making it. Thank you. Well, that's more because really... of people signing the first 1,000 than us doing oh, anything heck about no, it. it's not. I, I darn sure got behind <laughs> that thing, and I created something. Um, the first 1,000 got finished because Mark Edge got out there and did it. Yeah, you really were an instrumental part of it, that's for sure. Mark. You know, I maybe I'm not as humble as I should be, but I understand where my value is, and I understand that when a dedicated person gets behind something, they make it happen. Now, I'm not saying there weren't other dedicated people that were involved. There certainly were. Speaking of making it happen, Nick, I'm not sure why you were calling in, but why? Uh, what are your New Year's resolutions, if you have any? 
Well, uh, definitely to start living like more free. I actually signed the first 1,000. And, awesome. um Great. The reason I was congratulating you guys is because I, I never would have come across this message if it weren't for Free Talk Live and the podcast and everything. And, Excellent. you know, that's why I'm on the list. So I think it's a lot of credit to you guys for, you know, like getting the message out there. And I encourage everybody to amp the show. You know, I started amping the show as soon as I, like, heard the message. It was like, you know, this is right on. People need to start talking about this because America's time, it's time for a change. It's time for people to start living more free. And I think New Hampshire is where the place we need to go do it, where we can all be together. Absolutely. And, you know, Otherwise, if awesome. we're not together, so we're just going to fall apart. Exactly. That's my resolution. And well I'm said, moving man. in July, so wow, that's I gotta awesome. wait to... I think start, a lot of I people. Wait. I think a lot of people. Hopefully, will have the same resolution as you, and that is to uh, get up to New Hampshire. Hopefully, sometime here in 2007. With that in mind, what uh, what was on your mind tonight, Nick? I wanted to talk about uh, like Saddam's execution, mm. and uh, I, I just think it's sad that Iraq has had like six leaders in its history, and every one of them has been uh, either killed or put to death. Have and they? I just think it's yeah. <laughs> I, it's just what I read today, and to me, it's kind of like you know. Pretty shocking. Well, I don't know if it's more sad that dicta uh, dictatorial individuals are put to death than it is that people are living under dictatorial regimes around the world. I think that's probably the, the most sad part, the, the people that are suffering at the hands of people like Saddam Hussein and George W. Bush. Those are the real victims. Nick, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Speaking of old George W. Bush, as you might imagine, Slate.com has uh, suggested that he was involved in some of the top ten most outrageous civil liberties violations of 2007. Your calls as well. What are your New Year's resolutions? 800-259-9231. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is... Your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, completely free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. Plus, register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, Attaining Economic and Personal Freedoms in America's Freest State. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. As we go to the phones, to the fun, let's talk to Liam in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great. Hey, Liam, man. what's on your mind? Uh, not too much. Well, actually, a lot. But uh, I was on the Free State website today. I'm a member and a First 1000 signer. Mm -hmm. And I noticed something on there about the amount of people that have signed up or the rate at which people were signing up mm -hmm. um, over the last six months. And uh, I did some math, and it was like 13.5 people a week. And um, I... Uh, I did some math, like I said, and it turned out that that would be, by the time we got to 20,000, it would be like something like 19 years. Yeah, it's crazy, and, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, I've been trying to figure out over the last, like, you know, few, or like, last couple of days, what can we do to make it go faster? You know, what can we do? Because, I mean, I try to tell everybody I can. Well, Liam... And, um, I, I, I understand you telling people is, is an excellent thing, and you have to get the information out there. Um, but people don't buy 
um, you know, in signing the Free State Project is essentially a buying decision. Buying an idea. Buy, yeah, they're buying an idea. Yeah. People don't buy based on information. People buy based on yeah. emotion. And oh, um, yeah. now you saw what happened with the first 1,000 program um, that's, when... That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right, like, when I got involved and I started pushing and I started making automated phone calls and, um, you know, they essentially what has to happen is, um, you know, there has to be some kind of fervor whipped up around it. And I, I think that, um, you know, the Free State Project's doing its best with the uh, Liberty Forum and, and that kind of thing. And yeah. as uh, as it grows, I don't care if it grows, uh, you know, too, too much faster than it is. I, I mean, can tell you what the best yeah. way to get to 20,000 well, is, in my opinion, uh, and that is okay. to move as many people now as we possibly yeah. can, to get the first 1,000 here in New Hampshire, get active, and start uh, start showing people around the country and around the world that this yeah. liberty thing works. That's what's going to get people excited enough to say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And that way it'll be more well, than just an idea. It'll be a proof of concept. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I, like, I'm completely for it. Like I said, I'm a first 1,000 sign. I've been there. Right. Uh, I have been for a couple months now. I, uh, I've, just, I've been trying to do some research on the Internet, like, to find out, like, how much it would cost to put an ad in, in like, a major magazine or something or, like, like put uh, like I can't seem to find the information anywhere. It's not going like to be cheap. You know, it's not going to be cheap. And um, people that aren't in advertising often imagine that advertising is a uh, a, a cure all. I I think yeah. that the Free Talk Live has a um, um, uh, excuse Free me, State the, Project. the Free State Project has a difficulty in that a lot of people, the most people, don't even know there's a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. They they don't even understand that there's a problem. And I I personally like. Um, you know, concepts like uh, Free Talk Live for the Free State Project because oh, yeah. you listen, yeah. you listen, and you get the explanation over and over again. We show you that freedom is being taken away in the country, right. and I just don't know, like, what could you say in a magazine ad in Time Magazine that would once, yeah, one time that would get a whole bunch of people to go. I mean, Time Magazine had an article on the Free State Project yeah. just recently. Well, that's what I mean, but like a series of advertisements, you know. Like, I, I don't know how much that would cost. A lot, when you're um, talking about a series. Yeah. If I, you're talking like, about Time Magazine, you're looking at, what, maybe oh, eight grand for a full-page ad or something like that? I bet you it's more than that. Maybe more? Eight grand? Well, I, I would have thought it would be more like 50000 or something. Nah, I don't know. It was, it was 70, the, the Libertarian Party put an ad in, the, in USA Today, and that was about $80,000 for a full-page in USA Today. So okay. I don't see why Time Magazine my, wouldn't be close to that. Really? My concern though, is that, like, over the next 20 years, I'm really wondering, like, where the government is going to go with regulations. Like, I could almost see if we got hit, like, by another, you know, 9-11-style attack, them actually trying to put us in, like, uh, what's it called, uh, a military, uh, a martial Gulag? law. For oh, a okay, while, martial you know? law, like, gotcha. Like, I'm just saying, I don't know necessarily what they would do. Well, that's you know, one of the reasons uh, why it's better to move to New Hampshire sooner rather than later, wait, because oh yeah. some scary oh things yeah. can happen in, ten, in in just ten years' time, let alone twenty. When I go to the when I go yeah. to the airport, I, I that's what I see is martial law. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, there's these police there, um, and they're, you know, pilfering through people's things and patting yeah. them down it's and not a sending yeah. them through gizmos. I mean, it's not very yeah, far off. Saying, like, but from the airport situation to coming to your streets, I mean, it's just a matter of degrees. It's just a matter of steps before we can take that martial law situation from the U.S. airports and put it wherever we yeah. want to, and that's scary. Exactly. It's already is, any I place that why, it's convenient. Yeah, and I guess I would just say, uh, if you're listening, 
Move to New Hampshire. <laughs> if you haven't signed up already, sign up. Yeah, and don't wait for the 20,000. I, I think waiting yeah, for the 20,000 is, is one of the worst ideas, and I hope the Free State Project really retools itself this year. I know they're thinking about it. And, uh, and Liam, yeah. thank you for the call. We really appreciate hearing yeah, from you, definitely. sir. 800-259-9231. And in regards to his idea about the, the magazine ads, maybe putting a magazine ad for an organization like the Free State Project in a magazine like Reason Magazine or the Libertarian Party News, these are places the Free State Project has already advertised. Mm-hmm. That's where it sort of makes sense because then you're targeting the audience that's more like most likely to respond to your message. If you spend, let's just say, $20,000 once on a Time Magazine adver- uh, advertisement, or let's say you buy an entire year. Let's say they give you a whole year for $100,000. You get one page per issue. And they won't. Per year. They probably won't. But that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. $100,000. I mean, the Free State Project, first of all, couldn't afford it. But even right. if they could, what sort of return on investment are they going to get for that? Not much. Because, as you said, people have to be aware of the message in the first place. Most people are going to skip past that ad. They're not going to look at it. And even if they do look at it, they're not going to understand it. And even if they do understand it, the odds are against the fact that they're going to even consider signing up. So you've got, you're probably getting slim results from advertising and reason and LP News. It's going to be even worse uh, in Time Magazine. And the frequency is weak. I mean, 12 times in a year, that's well, time, not a lot. Time isn't a monthly magazine. Oh, it's not? It's a weekly magazine. That shows you what I know. Yeah. I um, uh, read that I'll, crap. I understand. I read it online. You know, there's different articles I read and stuff. I think it's you know. It's okay. But when you're dealing with a show like Free Talk Live, we're talking about liberty every night, right? I and mean, we can hit Free that Talk message Live was, several times. If Free Talk Live was bigger, then um, the message would be getting out to a lot more people. Yeah. The only way the Free Talk Live is going to get bigger is by being on more stations, which uh, you and can help with, being able to advertise more. I'm really of the opinion that we shouldn't be advertising the Free State Project at all, that we should be advertising Free Talk Live. Now, is that um, does that help me? Sure, it does. When you, when you say we, what do you mean? We're advertising the Free State Project every night. And we, we, members, we members of the Free State Project okay. um, should be advertising Free Talk Live as a um, method of getting the Free State Project out agree. to more people. Because... This, you know, to some extent or another, I mean, we're we're pushing the Free State Project every right. single night. And we believe not, in it. And we're not saying that just because we want to raise the rates on the Free State Project. I they're, don't think we're going to. They're locked in. I mean, they're locked in at a pretty sweet deal. And so just the more stations we get, the more people will hear their message being pushed by two people that believe in it, not just a piece of newsprint. And have moved for it. Yep, 800-259-9231, the worst Civil Liberties Violations of 2006 on the way. Your calls as well about anything. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8 toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there, wiki.freetalklive.com. Over 900 unique pages created by listeners like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, and it's free, like everything else is, at freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CII does collections, and they do it in a whole new way. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. 
Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. SACL, where they don't break your legs. As we go into the 10 most outrageous civil liberties violations of 2006, at least according to Slate.com, number 10. An attempt to get a death penalty for the death penalty for Zacharias Musawi. Long after it was clear that the hapless Frenchman was neither the 20th hijacker nor a key plotter in the attacks of 9-11, the government pressed to execute him as a conspirator in those attacks. Musawi's alleged participation? By failing to confess what he might have known about the plot, which might have led the government to disrupt it, Musawi directly caused the deaths of thousands of people. Or so they claim. The massive over This massive overreading of the federal conspiracy laws would be laughable if the stakes weren't so high. Thankfully, a jury rejected the notion that Musawi could be executed for the crime of merely wishing there had been a real connection between himself and 9-11. Number 9, Guantanamo Bay. It keeps a licking, but keeps on ticking. After the Supreme Court struck down the military tribunal's plan to try hundreds of detainees moldering on the base, and after the president agreed that it might be a good idea to close it down, the worst public relations fiasco since the Japanese internment camps lives on. Prisoners once deemed, quote, among the most dangerous, best-trained, vicious killers on the face of the earth, unquote, are either quietly released and usually set free or still awaiting a trial. The lucky 75 to be tried there will be cheered uh, will be cheered to hear that the Pentagon has just unveiled plans to build a $125 million legal complex for the hearings. The government, wow, that's a, quite a little boondoggle there for some construction mm-hmm. company. The government has now officially put more thought into the design of Guantanamo's court bathrooms than the charges against its prisoners. <laughs> that's... Probably true. Number eight, slagging the media. Whether the Bush administration is reclassifying previously declassified documents, sidestepping the Freedom of Information Act, threatening journalists for leaks on dubious legal grounds, or more recently using its subpoena power to try to wring secret documents from the ACLU, the administration has continued its secrets at any price campaign. Is this a constitutional crisis? Probably not. Annoying as hell? Definitely. Number seven, slagging the courts. It starts with the president's complaints about activist judges and evolves to congressional threats to appoint an inspector general to oversee federal judges. As dis- that one I hadn't heard about. And, and it highly unconstitutional. Yeah, well, it w- wouldn't be a shock. Uh, as, public ins- as public distrust of the benches fueled the stripping of courts' authority to hear whole classes of cases, most recently any habeas corpus uh, claims from Guantanamo detainees, almost seems reasonable. Each tiny incursion into the independence of the judiciary seems on its face justified, until you realize that the courts are often the only places that will defend our shrinking civil liberties. Mm -hmm. Which leads to number six, the state secrets doctrine. The Bush administration's insane argument in court is that judges should dismiss entire lawsuits over many of the outrages detailed on this very list. Why? Well, because of the outrageously illegal things, the outrageously illegal things are themselves matters of top-secret national security. The administration has raised this claim in relation to its adventures in secret wiretapping and its fun with extraordinary rendition. A government privilege once used to sidestep civil claims has mushroomed into sweeping immunity for the administration's sometimes criminal behavior. Uh, you remember, we actually talked about a, one of the 
cases here where the Bush administration has taken this argument to the court and said, this should all be thrown out. State secrets. Yeah. And when they say sometimes sometimes criminal behavior, if it isn't criminal behavior, then why did the uh, Congress go back and retroactively um, you know, absolve any of the CIA agents of any criminal activity? Hmm. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Number because five. they were breaking the law. Number five, government snooping. Take your pick. There's the NSA warrantless eavesdropping program, wherein the president breezily authorized spying on the phone calls of innocent citizens. In violation of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, the FBI's Talon database shows the government has been spying on non-terrorist groups, including Quakers, people for the ethical treatment of animals, and veterans for peace. The Patriot Act lives on, and that's just the stuff we know about. Number four, extraordinary rendition. So when does it start to become ordinary rendition? <laughs> this government program has used uh, has us FedExing unindicted terror suspects abroad for interrogation and torture. Khalid El Masri, a German citizen, we talked about his story, right. was shipped off to Afghanistan for such treatment, then released without charges based on some government confusion about his name. They don't really even talk about the treatment here. They just sort of breeze over extraordinary rendition as though everyone knows what it is. That's where they send somebody over... Uh, to be just completely tortured. tortured and locked in a uh, you know scary dark dank cell in a for country where on end where they well there where they will do that for us as opposed to having to do it here on U.S. soil where we can't right. we can't torture people on U.S. right soil. it's supposedly not the uh, the U.S. agents that are doing the torturing it's the Syrians or whoever whatever the country that uh, that they take the person to it's those right. guys that are doing it so that for some reason uh, exonerates. The government. Canadian citizen, uh, let's see, oh, yes. So the German guy, Khalid El-Masri, shipped to Afghanistan for such treatment, then released without charges, based on some government confusion about his name. Canadian citizen Mahir Arar claims he was tortured in Syria for a year, released without charges, and cleared by a Canadian commission. Attempts to vindicate the rights of such men? You need to circle back to the state secrets doctrine above. Number three, abuse of Jose Padilla. First, and as you might imagine, after you've been uh, tortured by the government, mm-hmm. you probably are a little bit concerned with the idea of going after the government. Right. You probably don't want that to happen to you again. You probably just want to go home and spend some time with your family. Right. God knows what's happened to you. You know you don't want it to happen again. Please, please just let me go. Number three, the abuse of Jose Padilla. First, he was, according to the Attorney General at the time, John Ashcroft, quote, exploring a plan to build and explode a radiological dispersion device or dirty bomb in the United States, unquote. Then he was planning to blow up apartments. Then he was just part of a vague terror conspiracy to commit jihad in Bosnia and Chechnya. Always he was a U.S. citizen. After three and a half years in which he was denied the most basic of legal rights, it's now emerged that Padilla was either outright tortured or near tortured. According to a he recent, sure looks like it. there's something wrong with him. Yeah, according to a recent motion during Padilla's years of almost complete isolation, he was treated by the U.S. government to sensory and sleep deprivation, extreme cold, stress positions, threats of execution, and drugging with truth serums. Experts say he's too mentally damaged at this point to even stand trial. Huh. The Bush administration supported his motion for a mental competency assessment in hopes that it will prevent his torture claims from ever coming to trial. Or as Yale Law School's inimitable Jack Balkin put it, quote, you, can, you can't believe Padilla when he says we tortured him because he's crazy from all the things we did to him. <laughs> Number two, the Military Commissions Act of 2006. And this one we spent quite a bit of time on. Yeah. 
This was the so-called compromise legislation that gave President Bush even more power than he initially had to detain and try so-called enemy combatants. He was generously handed the authority to define for himself the parameters of interrogation and torture and the responsibility to report upon it, since he'd been so good at doing so. What we allegedly did to Jose Padilla was once a dirty national secret. The Military Commissions Act of 2006 has made it the law. And they're glossing over that one as well uh, to an extent. They only have a short time frame to, to talk about this in. But the Military Commissions Act makes it so they can pick up any American off the streets, label them an unlawful um, enemy combatant in, enemy combatant, or suspected right. enemy combatant or whatever it's called, and essentially throw you in a military brig, torture you, bring you to a military tribunal, not, not, tell you, not tell you what you're charged with, um, not let you uh, even uh, no necessarily. Lawyer. Yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't get to participate in your trial. It's just crazy. Habeas corpus is Abolished. dead for those people, yep. and there's no if it's checks dead on for this. them. It might as well be dead for all of us. If any one of us could be called an enemy combatant. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We've still yet to hit the number one most outrageous civil liberties violation of two thousand six, according to Slate.com. Your call as well about anything. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. You'll find them totally free at freetalklive.com. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff. At the Free Talk Live store, head over to store.freetalklive.com, place your order. That is store.freetalklive.com. And yes, we are going to have uh, some new store products coming out in the year of 2007. Um, those are on the way. I'm thinking that we're going to be doing a hoodie, because a lot of people have been asking for that. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of people have, a lot of our lady listeners have been asking for a more feminine fit T- um, version of the Free Talk Live t-shirt, and I know that uh, Johnson, our store manager, is working very hard on uh, getting that accomplished as well. A couple other minor uh, minor changes, I think, to some existing products. Uh, all of it going to be very good, very high-quality stuff. You're going to like it. You know, I saw for the first time um, over the, the holiday, mm-hmm. um, the uh, New Year's holiday, the yellow Free Talk Live t-shirt. Now, I had seen oh. the black one with the logo, but wow. I had never seen a yellow one. I haven't one. either. Where'd you see this? Well, I went with a uh, friend of mine um, from New uh, Manchester to uh, a hockey game, and he had his on. I can say the yellows aren't as po- uh, as popular as the blacks, but nonetheless, good to know that some people are ordering them. He's very fond of his. He, he in fact, ordered uh, two blacks and a yellow and uh, distributed his blacks and kept the yellow. So that shows that he's uh, very fond of indeed, his. Indeed, indeed. So mm-hmm. store.freetalklive.com, buy some stuff. We're talking about the ten most outrageous civil liberties violations of 2006. According to Slate.com, quick recap from 10 on down, because we got through most of them. The attempt to get the death penalty for Zacharias Musawi, number 10, number 9, Guantanamo Bay, just in general, number 8, slagging the media, where they were screwing over journalists and that sort of thing with charges for not releasing information. Number 7, slagging the courts. 6, the state secrets doctrine. 5, government snooping. 4, extraordinary rendition. That's where they go and take you and torture you in another country. Number 3, abuse of Jose Padilla. Poor guy. Number two, the Military Commissions Act of 2006, which was a huge one. Now, I felt like that was uh, number one. I would say that would have been number one as well. Uh, but their answer for number one is hubris. They say, whenever the courts push back against the administration's unsupportable constitutional ideas, 
ideas about inherent powers and a unitary executive, or the silliness of the Geneva Conventions or the limitless sweep of presidential powers during wartime, the Bush response is to repeat the same chorus even louder. Every detainee is the worst of the worst. Every action taken is legal, necessary, and secret. No mistakes, no apologies, no nuance, no regrets. This legal and intellectual intractability can create the illusion that we're standing upon the same constitutional ground that we stood upon in 2001, even as that ground is sliding away under our feet. 800-259-9231. And that is, that has pretty much been their response. Anything that they do that might seem blatantly unconstitutional, they just yell about how they're within the law. They're yeah, following it's the legal. law. And, and nobody you know, calls them on it. Or they, well, they, they call them on it, but it just takes a, a while. And... In the process, they do what they do. Or in the or in uh, in the example of the Military Commissions Act, they completely try to gut whatever it is that they've already violated. They violated certain laws and certain uh, controls that are supposed to be on the government. And in retrospect, they said, "Well, okay, uh, we got caught red-handed uh, violating these laws. Okay, let's pass a law that acts retroactively and exonerates us." That's part of let's what the Military Commissions Act did. Yeah, that's yeah, it is. And so you're right, Mark. There is a chance that the courts could put these guys back in line, but it's going to be down down the path some mm-hmm. because the government, the gears of government, turn so slow. And you want them to do something, uh, you want them to be quick about it. It's not going to happen. And so by the time they finally do get around to doing something, the Bush administration is probably going to be out of office. We're going to have some new scumbag in there, some new Republican or Democrat doing something different. Exactly. You can take control of the airwaves. Give us your most outrageous civil liberties violation of 2006, which you think that is. Also, if you've got a resolution that you want to share, you're certainly welcome to do that as well. There's some, I guess, health news that you have, Mark, about nanotechnology. As the 21st century continues on, we discover that there are some pretty promising and exciting health technologies out there. And I believe nanotechnology is one of them. Mm-hmm. As I understand it, essentially, they're tiny little robots or uh, creatures that are created biologically, maybe. Something very small that mm-hmm. goes inside you to perform a specific uh, functionary task uh, in regards to your health. Sure. And it doesn't. They don't have to go inside you to do... Um, they could be... They could do all kinds of tasks. I suppose, right. yeah, you could have them on top of, uh, on top of your skin for something like mm-hmm. uh, a cut or wound. But, yes, um, it's a very exciting technology. And what do you have to say about it? Well, from the AP, um, the use of subatomic materials as microscopic building blocks for thousands of consumer products has turned into big business so quickly that few are monitoring the so-called nanotechnology's effects on health and the environment. We must have more monitors. Yes, we must check these things. So Berkeley intends to be the first city to step into the breach and attempt to regulate nascent but fast-growing industry. If you're looking for regulation, look to Berkeley, right? Um, Yeah, right. Um, You know, I actually, I read the... uh, Michael Crichton uh, book Swarm uh, mm-hmm. that was sort of on this and, you know, wrote a uh, horror scenario about nanotechnology mm. and how it could just uh, strip the skin from your bones mm. and that kind of thing. Very interesting. It's a good book. I don't know. So what's happening in Berkeley? The city council is expected Tuesday to amend its hazardous material law to compel researchers and manufacturers to report what nanotechnology materials they are working with and how they are handling the tiny particles. You must report. Fill out some paperwork, boys. The aim of nanotechnology, as though these bureaucrats have any idea what they're talking about. <laughs> the aim of te- nanotechnology. Yeah, how many of the how many of the bureaucrats on the city council are certified real scientists? Yeah, that know anything about. And and even if you are a scientist, what do you know about nanotechnology? Right. 
the aim of nanotechnology Not in, commercial, much. in the commercial world is to develop new products and materials by changing or creating materials at the atomic and molecular level. That's awesome. So much of the impacts from these developments remains unknown, unknown, particularly with regard to possible environmental and health problems. The ordinance is quite um, important, and I this is the quoting uh, David Rajeski, yes, um, director of the Project on Emerging Nanotechnologies. The ordinance is quite important, and I think it will be given worldwide attention. It's important because the government must know what goes on in any sort of boardroom, any sort of drawing room, any sort of scientific uh, quarters in the United States. As though giving them a piece of paper will let them know. <laughs> I mean, because they well, won't. that's when they're going to. The next step is going to be inspection. Mm-hmm. Of course, it is. Oh, what, what's going on over here? Yes, the. Uh, the director of the Emergency uh, Nanotechnology Project, uh, is, uh, which is founded by the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. Ooh, if it's and got the, his name on it, can't be good. Yep, and the Pew Charitable Trust. This is a new industry, and there is a lack of federal and state regulations. Mm-hmm. Rajeski said thousands of products, from cosmetics to detergents, are manufactured using construct, a metal, uh, material constructed Lego-like from particles uh, measuring as small as one million the width of a head of a pen. Well, if... We're doing that, then what's the big deal? None of us have been killed by our cosmetics. We've been delayed at the airport by them. <laughs> there, there are known businesses within Berkeley city limits working directly with nanomaterials and the Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory. Which, and if we keep passing more laws like this, you can guarantee there never will be. <laughs> well, they are, there are. Oh, I thought they said there were no businesses. Oh, I'm there. sorry. There are known, known oh, okay. businesses. Excuse me. Gotcha. <laughs> that would be great if there were none, though. Right. <laughs> I think we should pass an ordinance. Here, where there aren't any either. Well, there are well, there are places like Berkeley, like Vermont, the whole state of Vermont, like Berkeley. They don't want business coming in. Yeah, I haven't been there yet, but you said in Burlington, was it Burlington? Burlington, yeah. Where you go there and you're like in 1969. It's it's really well it, with punk rockers. Yeah, yeah. The the downtown's kind of um you know antiquated looking, but I dig it. I like that Burlington. It's fun. Okay, go ahead. Lab officials said they intend to work with the, uh, with the city and are confident their own regulations are stringent enough to ensure safety. These, um, the, these are the lab officials. There are very co- complex issues because the science being done is very complex, and there are a lot of unknowns, said Mark Alpers, drep- dec- deputy director of the lab's nanotech effort known as the Molecular Foundry. It's essential that proper precautions are taken while at the same time allowing important research to proceed. What is the worst that could go on here? Well, what you, are they so afraid of? I mean, have <laughs> they been reading that book, too? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, is it, that must be where this came from. I don't understand. I mean, are the nanomachines going to take over the world? Are the nanomachines going to Well, they don't want to take over some, the world. They just want to eat you alive. Are they going to blow something up? What's the danger here? What's the risk? Why is the government... It, it's really just the regulation for the sake of regulating, in this case, I think. They're government bureaucrats. This is what they do. We regulate crap. Yeah. So, well, we what are you doing rules. over there? You need some regulation. I, yeah. I can see it all now. Well, you don't have the minimum required paperwork, sir. <laughs> we need to create some forms over here. Get a task force put together. We need $100,000 allocated in five meetings a week. Quick, quick. There's stuff going on here that's not properly regulated. Right. You know, I mean, you hear the lab guy. He says it's important to them that they take precautions. You know, they're, they're not just running willy-nilly. They're going to be the first ones to die if they uh, release this monster on uh, the planet. Oh, I thought the lab guy was making excuses by saying that, well, we need the government to no, no, mandate these things. Well, he wasn't, making, he wasn't uh, howling loudly, but he was saying everything's going fine. 
Yes, um, we can't have any sort of development that's not regulated by the government. Heaven forbid you might actually get it done quickly. Hour three's on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Speaking of something that's not regulated very much, Red Bull. These energy drinks. Uh, there's some news about them. We'll share it with you on the way. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Monday edition, and we're kicking off hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site there are completely free, so do enjoy those. They're on us. freetalklive.com. Well, that midnight kiss on New Year's Eve, according to ABC News, might not have been the only thing that took your breath away. Those who celebrated the night with a few drinks may, next time, think twice about what they order once they hear about the health risks associated with mixing alcoholic beverages with energy drinks. Hmm. Now, I don't spend a lot of time in clubs, Mark, so I didn't know this was going on, but I guess it makes sense. People love mixing stuff together, so they've been mixing the Red Bulls and the Monsters and mm-hmm. all these energy drinks out there with hard liquor. And, and beer. And beer, even. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I guess they're doing it because it gives you a buzz at the same time as get you drunk. Yeah, I guess. I haven't done, never it. done it. I haven't done it myself. I have no intention of doing it. I don't like those energy drinks. Um, don't want to be up for hours on end. Don't, you know, not interested. Thanks. Well, because you, you're pretty sensitive to caffeine. Mm-hmm. Is that why? Uh, yes, I'm sensitive to any kind of stimulant. Because if you have a, if you have a, a, Sugar. a, a can of caffeine, you get all excited and yeah. uh, start banging on things. Yeah, I do. Um, you, you, you know, there's plenty of shows where that's, there's in evidence. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I'm not a real fan of these energy drinks either. I haven't had one probably for years. I tried one out when they first sort of came out. Yeah. They gave us free ones at, uh, when, when we were working at YNF. Yeah. And, uh, I had quite a I few had there. It. Yeah. That's when I had it too. Popular energy drinks such as Red Bull, Full Throttle, Rockstar, and Monster are a common choice of mixers for alcoholic beverages but might pose health risks, and that's no bull, says ABC News. (laughs) (laughs) Bull joke. Roger Clemens, the University of Southern California School of Pharmacy, says, quote, you can hinder your respiration. Uh, From a public health perspective, you should not mix stimulants with alcohol. He said, when you combine those two together, you always have a risk. According to Clemens, some major concerns with mixing these two drinks include, but are not limited to, cardiovascular risk, impaired judgment, shortness of breath, dizziness, disorientation, and rapid heartbeat. He says a rapid heart rate is a common side effect, and with a not-so-healthy heart, that can be life-threatening. Right. Uh, it's not a recommended at all to mix caffeine with alcohol, he said. So just a, just a word of warning for those of you who might have been engaging in this, maybe without understanding or fully knowing what it is that you were getting into. It could be dangerous. Well, what about rum and Cokes, then? I mean, there's caffeine and, and Coca-Cola. I guess so, but they're going to go through some numbers here in a moment I that see. are going to be kind of interesting about the uh, the amounts of caffeine mm-hmm. involved. Clemens also explained how mixing high levels of caffeine with alcoholic beverages can be dangerous for your body. He says, based on what I've seen, I think it's a growing trend. For some young, uh, for some young people, it's a form of expression. We're looking at another generation that is looking at, for a form of expression and experiments with over-the-counter products. 
Julie B., a 27-year-old from Los Angeles, says she first experienced alcohol and Red Bull while she was in Thailand. She says it's the perfect drink because you get drunk, but you have a lot of energy. You just can't have too much. I just have one Red Bull a night. It's a drink of choice, says she. Adriana Alvarez, a 22-year-old California State University student, says she first heard of mixing Red Bull and vodka through word of mouth. She says, quote, it gives me a quick buzz. Red Bull's website claims the product, quote, supplies tired minds and exhausted bodies with vital substances that have been lost while reducing harmful substances. It provides immediate energy and vitamins. Now, if you're a, one of these drinkers of the energy drinks, even uh, whether or not you drink it with alcohol, I'm curious as to why. Like, are you really that listless on your own? Well, do you really need a, a uh, some sort of some sort of product in a can to give you energy? I mean, if you're that listless and and sort of bad off normally, I don't know if this is a is something you really want to do. Maybe you should try getting better sleep at night or eat a healthier diet. I'm no I'm no dietitian. I'm no expert at these things, but it just seems a little false to try to get your energy from a, a can. I I don't have that big of a problem with it. I mean, some people feel that they can be more productive on uh, these energy drinks. And well, yeah, some people feel they're more productive after they snort a line of cocaine too. I yeah, mean, so well, that's a stimulant as well. I just don't think that. I think if you're having trouble with energy in your life, I don't think the solution is in taking drugs. That's all. And in fact, our board op is saying that's why he quit. He quit because he realized he was getting uh, too dependent on it. Mm-hmm. These days, many yeah, teens... at, at some point or another, it's going to be like I can't operate, um, you know, well enough without these cans of beverages. Some people appear to have a, a real obsession with them. I was in the parking lot of a Home Depot the other day, and there was somebody with a monster sticker. Monster is one of the brands. A sticker on the back of their car, mm-hmm. and I don't think they were a distributor. I mean, you really got to like put, it, right? How many people put Pepsi stickers, uh, Pepsi logos on the back of their car? I've never seen that. I mean, that's an obsession with a drink. Yeah. These days, many teens and young adults choose to stock up on energy drinks such as Red Bull to keep them energized throughout the day and night. According to a Simmons research poll, 31% of U.S. teens, approximately 76, or excuse me, 7.6 million, says they consume energy drinks. On average, they consumed 5.3 glasses in the last 30 days. College students con- uh, consumed 5.6, so a little bit more mm-hmm. in the last 30 days. An 8.3-ounce can of Red Bull contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. Now, about the same amount of caffeine is in a cup of coffee. By comparison, Coca-Cola contains about 34 milligrams per 12 ounces. Right. So you actually get more in the 8.3-ounce can, more than twice as much in a smaller um, package. Yes. So there's far more caffeine per ounce there. Uh, let's see. So full-throttle energy drink contains 144 milligrams of caffeine per 16-ounce serving while 16 ounces of Rockstar contains 150 milligram, uh, milligrams of caffeine. A lot. For a healthy adult, according to the American Dietetic Association, 20, excuse me, 200 to 300 milligrams of caffeine a day is considered a moderate amount. According to the Red Bull website, they go on to talk about how uh, it's a comparison to coffee. And then later in the article, the Red Bull... I don't Bull, think it's comparative to coffee at all. Why, why do you say that? Because it... it there's other stuff in it, um, other sorts of Chemicals. stimulants in there. And uh, no, I mean, I, I've drank these energy drinks, and I've drank coffee. And different world, huh? It's a different world. What other stuff do they put in there? I know that there's one with, like, taurine. Yeah, what stuff that? like that. Stuff, that. Stuff like that is all I can say. Stuff that you don't know what it does, right? right? Well, I don't know what it does. If you are an uh, energy drink expert, somebody who's a self-stylized energy drink fanatic, I would like to understand the phenomenon. 
800-259-9231. How many do you drink a day? How long have you had the habit that you have? And do you feel that you get some sort of benefit from it? Or have you ever felt maybe a, a burnout or a crash, maybe from drinking too much of it? I, it can't be a good thing. It can't be, right? In in, in a large amount, maybe here and there, well, it's okay. Caffeine, um, caffeine is largely a harmless drug. Really? Yeah. I mean, you can get uh, addicted to it in the sense that you become dependent on it, but it's yeah, I largely guess, harmless. I guess there are millions of Americans that, uh, you know, drink coffee every single morning. Huge thermoses full of coffee every day. There's a, tr- a tremendous amount of Americans that do that. So I guess what's the difference, right? Yeah. Still, though, I would like to hear about uh, your habits and what you think about this. A Brazilian study, because uh, apparently a Brazilian study found that college students didn't perceive themselves to be as intoxicated as they really were when they were drinking the mixed drink. Mm. So they're mixing the Red Bull with the hard alcohol, the liquor, and it's the, the buzz of the Red Bull is counteracting, apparently reduces the perception of headache, weakness, dry mouth, and even reduces the perception of impairment of motor coordination. So you perceive that you're more coordinated. Right. You don't feel like you're uh, drunk, but you are. And so people are concerned that, uh, you know, in this case, the study found that people who combine alcohol with energy drinks might be at greater risk for problems such as automobile accidents because they believe they're unimpaired. It may make people believe... Well, even though I've had these this large amount of drinks, for some reason I'm feeling better than I normally do, I can drive home tonight. Mm. When, in fact, you need to continue counting uh, your drinks as per normal. Sounds dangerous. So they go on to talk about how, uh, for instance, Snopes.com has dismissed the notion that Red Bull's been linked to deaths in Sweden and Ireland. They're saying that essentially there's a lot of rumor out there about these drinks mm-hmm. and that uh, they may not be as harmful as some people are suggesting. The company, of course, points out that they've sold something on the order of two point, here it is, 20.5 billion cans of Red Bull sold in 2005 alone. Wow, that's a lot of And cans. so with that amount of, that's just that one product in that one year, with that amount of product going out, it's clear that there's probably not a huge contraindication between mixing the two. But nonetheless, yeah. I think it's important to remember to be safe when you're drinking, period. And don't let this fool you into thinking that you're safer than you normally are. That's all. That's, I guess, the message here. 800-259-9231. If you are an energy drink consumer, I'm interested in knowing more. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and experience the live streams. There's a broadband version of the show there and a dial-up version. Both of them are completely free, so do enjoy those for free, freetalklive.com. And what's your issue, your liberty issue? The war on drugs? Well, register now for the February of 2007 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Speakers include Jack Cole, the executive director of the Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, and Rob Campia, executive director of the Amer- of the Marijuana Policy Project, as well as New Hampshire residents who are working to end the war on drugs. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum for more information. That is freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. And get registered now as we go to the phones to the fun. Keith in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. Thanks sure, for man. making it. What's on your mind? Um, well, you just did the um, Liberty Forum commercial. Yes. Um, I'm really excited about that, actually. I, I am, too. And I, I hope some other people get excited because uh, I think this is going to be an awesome event to be at. 
Oh, definitely. And um, I hope to actually consume lots of um, Red Bull and vodka while I'm there. Really? So this is something that we were talking about in the last segment. People have uh, it's become fairly popular, I guess. Uh, is this something you've done in the past? Um, you could say that. What's uh, What inspired you to start? Why do you continue to do it? Well, pretty much, you know, I'm just a young kid, so if my friends are doing something, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> That's an honest answer. So what does it do for you? Well, honestly, I just usually pass out just like I normally do whenever I get drunk, so I don't really notice any difference. Why do you do it then? I mean, you're just doing it because your friends are doing it? Doesn't it increase the costs of your drinking occasion? I mean, if you're going to be passing out, if that's the goal of what you're doing, to get drunk and pass out, you're going to do that with or without the Red Bull. Why pay the extra buck? Um, it tastes good. I mean, you're going to mix something with Red Bull anyway. It's not really more expensive than mixing it with some of the other things. But I hold see. on. I thought the idea was to drink the alcohol, not the Red Bull. Um, so what you're doing is you're making the Red Bull taste better because it doesn't taste good. No, no, you're t making the vodka taste better. Right. It's a mixer. So it's well, to find one. something that tastes better than Red Bull, and then the vodka will taste even better. Does anything taste better than Red Bull? Yes. Red Bull yeah, a lot good of things tasting. taste better, but you don't want to get drunk off the same thing every time. And I but don't see, really think there's any cool. need for concern about health effects or anything. Because, I mean, people that, you know, drink a lot, you know, there's obvious health effects. We already know that. That's true, but they're pointing out that people with heart problems might want to stay away from this. Um, you're young, yet you don't probably have heart problems at this point in your you life. You never know. That's true. You never know. And the doctors are recommending against mixing stimulants with alcohol, so... Probably a good idea to to stay away from it. I mean, if all you're doing it for is to be cool and to hang out with your friends, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just as cool to mix it with orange juice or uh, some Dr. Pepper or something like that, something a little lighter. But also, people said they said that you shouldn't mix caffeine with alcohol. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but I've been doing that for like 10 years. Um, whenever I get drunk off wine or whatever, I always have um, chocolate candy. I don't think there's a it's significant... Great. Is there a lot of uh, caffeine and chocolate? I Not don't think that, there's a significant that amount. I mean, we're talking about Not drinks... Not as much as a can of soda. Yeah, we're talking about drinks that have far more caffeine than even a can of soda does. That's, I think, what the issue is. Okay, well, one, one warning I would give with Red Bull, I would say stick to diet Red Bull because there's so much sugar in Red Bull, you know, you're going to lose your um, good figure. There you if go. You, if you drink that. Thanks for the tips, uh, Keith. We appreciate it. Take it easy. 800-259-9231 as we go to Dan in Indianapolis listening on, uh, well, the Internet, I guess, tonight. It's uh, it's Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Hey. Um, yes, this is Dan. So um, I disagree with Keith because uh, I've had bad reactions to touring. I believe it's touring. Hmm. How do you and, know? Uh, because... I've I've had two bad reactions to it. One time I drank it and I just I basically I just sit there and I can't think. But it might be unique to me or unique to people with my genet genetic disposition. Now hold on a like second. That. How do you know it was taurine versus caffeine? How do you know which uh, which drug because affected you? I've had it at least twice, and I've had the taurine at least twice. One time it was in my office, um, and I was reading a like a complex paper, and it was only tour. It was only Red Bull. Okay. And. Um, I couldn't read the paper. Wow. I could I could read the words. I could read each word, but I could not extract the information from the paper and put it in my mind. Oh, my goodness. And that's hmm. the effect that I had, so I just stay away from taurine, and it's not a big deal. Are you an energy drink, uh, energy drinker, consumer uh, otherwise? I'm a coffee drinker. Okay. I drink a lot of coffee, and that might be because I get a lot of caffeine with the coffee, and then 
if I mix a little bit of taurine with it, that's probably a bad idea for me. I don't know. Just freaks so. you out. For Maybe so. I don't know much about what taurine does. I don't know mm. if uh, very many people really do. I think they just put it in there because it sounds cool. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm staying away from it. That's that's for sure. Very good, Dan. Anything else on your mind? Oh, anything else? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Um, I wanted to know if you heard about Ripple, the... Isn't that um, like supposed to be a, tr- a, a cheap alcoholic drink? No, no, Ripple, no, uh, the no, radio tail. Oh. Complete. No, this is an alternate currency. Have you heard about Ripple? No, I haven't. Uh, it's an online payment system. How's it work? Um, it basically gives each person the power of the bank. Um, the power of the bank because you you know you take deposits and then they loan it out, and there's that ten percent Federal Reserve, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So basically, banks have this power to create money. Well, Ripple is an online payment system where you extend credit to your friends that you trust. I have heard about this. Wasn't this created okay. in the United Kingdom? Um, I might be wrong. I don't know. It was, But I can tell you it was created by Brian Fugger, F-U-G-G-E-R. Okay. And um, Boy, he must have had a tough time in elementary school. I know, I know. So he, um, he started it, and I, I somehow thought he was from Canada, but maybe. But he's just, he's writing it, he's making it open source. It's not peer-to-peer yet, but he wants to have it so you can set up a server and your own server and mix in with all the other servers. But huh, okay, this is something it's that, right, it's, yeah. from the way you're describing it, it sounds a little different from what I've heard. And I'll see if I can pull it up over the break. It was an interesting concept that basically allows you to put up money to be loaned out to people um, who get sort of vouched for by other people. Yeah. It's some sort of a weird service that oh, sort of... Oh, that, that might be Prosper. I don't that's know, man. With real money, like this, this um, ripple is only through the the money is just it's just a money keeping track system. So it's right? not actual currency; it's something no. else entirely. Exactly, but there is a service called Prosper that also eliminates the banks. It allows you to get online, take fifty dollars, and buy fifty dollars of somebody's unsecured debt. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, and it's you have it's, to choose. It sounds a little confusing on its face, but it's an interesting way to eliminate banks uh, from the loaning process, or at least in the right. uh, in the way that we're uh, that we're currently used to. And right. I think that with the internet, it's something that the internet is allowing to happen. And Dan, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from oh, you. Yeah. It's something the internet is allowing to happen, where you can link people up with other people. And essentially, um, if you, for instance, Mark, if we were both in the system mm-hmm. and uh, I had vouched for you and uh, somebody else wanted to get a loan from you, I, I, God, you know what? I'm going to have to go to their website and see if I can get uh, get an explanation. It's hard to wrap your mind around the first time you hear about it. doesn't it. sound hard to me. It sounds to me like um, you know, I've got money to lend. Um, That's right. Well, else- you vouch, and if you vouch for somebody, then you become responsible if they default. I mean, there's like some sort of a system in there somehow really? where you really want to oh, vouch I thought for it was people that are vouchable. Sort of like an eBay uh, rating system as opposed to. No, um, it's it, you're actually loaning out your own money to other people that you don't know, mm-hmm. but they have been vouched for by somebody with credibility somehow. I. I'll see if I can pull up a better explanation, if I can even find the website. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was fascinating when I read about it. 800-259-9231. Obviously, I need a review. Your show, you take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number, the packet 8 toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. And that does include uh, everything, uh, Shrine of Female Listeners, archives, live streaming. If you want to get clued in to whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, head over to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them a kid's journey to getting rich at kidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. So I found it, Mark. We were talking about Mm -hmm. this sort of new style bank, uh, this loan system that's out there. And if I hadn't remembered where I saw it, I would have probably not been able to find it again. But Wired Magazine did an article on these people over a year ago at this point, and probably about a year and a half ago, and the site is called Zopa, and it originated in Britain. And apparently what it's doing is it's taking a variant of eBay's business model and applying it to put people who want to lend in touch with creditworthy people who want to borrow, and essentially cutting out the traditional bank in the, from the middle. Uh, for, for the first time, people who want to lend or borrow money have a real alternative to going to a bank, financial institution, or big corporation, says their chief technical officer. According to him, Mr. Alexander, James Alexander, Zopa is not a bank but an online exchange that gives lenders access to creditworthy borrowers. Zopa's current business model is based on borrowers paying a 1% exchange fee to Zopa up front. In practice, the site should offer lenders and borrowers value in that they get better rates of interest by cutting out the bank middleman. Mm-hmm. They also get more control over the lending process and establishing a rate. And so essentially, uh, Zopa eliminates, uh, according to one of the other experts there, there are many people today that are afraid to go to their neighborhood bank because of their concern over privacy or their fear of being rejected as a borrower. Zopa eliminates this concern and can ultimately create a new method of evaluating potential borrowers on a global scale. You might even begin to change the financial industry structure by opening the market up to consumer goods companies. According to Alexander, the risk for lenders on Zopa is reduced by spreading out the loans. Each lender makes loans to at least 50 borrowers, and lenders' exposure to any one borrower is capped at 375 U.S. dollars. All loans are also backed by a legally binding contract. If a Zopa borrower defaults on a payment, Alexander says Zopa will use exactly the same recovery process that banks use. The principle behind Zopa mirrors that of other forms of social lending, such as cooperatives, community banks, and micro-lending schemes. According to Alexander, he hopes that the growth of the Internet, advances in security and credit technology, and changing attitudes about money will make their method of borrowing and lending compelling to the masses. And I just went to their website um, a few moments ago, and it looks like they're still around, which is a good sign, Yeah. Uh, since it's been a year and a half. And in fact, they're now even talking about opening up, apparently, in the United States. So they're expanding. So how do they limit um, your, your liability? They, they spread your loan out to qualified people, okay. essentially. Uh, and without jumping in here much further, I 
you know, I don't want to read this entire article, obviously, but essentially, let's see, on Zopa's site, participants' credit records provided by Equifax determine what market on the site that they can enter. In each market, lenders offer rates of interest that are competitive within that particular brand. So, therefore, the better your credit level, the lower interest rates you'll be offered. Borrowers on Zopa can wait for the right interest rate. If a rate looks good, a borrower can jump in and take it. If a rate looks less tempting, he or she can sit it out and see if the rate falls, because if the rate is too high to be appealing, then they're going to drop their rates. Obviously. Zopa is authorized and regulated and blah, 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 so um, it's going good for them so far, I guess. This was this was written right after their launch, and they're still around a year and a half later, expanding to another country. I think it's a good sign. Their website, Zopa.com, just an interesting, uh, interesting experiment in cutting out the middleman. That is, the bank. Yeah. And that's always a good thing. I think. So I guess the bank takes your money and loans it to other people, and they pay you a smaller amount of interest. So right. yeah. So Zopa's essentially just sort of um, matchmaking, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's the matchmaker for lenders and borrowers, and it's in there sort of checking people out and providing the information that you need and the structure that so you can get in there and lend your money out to people that have essentially some credit mm-hmm. and have uh, some vouchworthiness. As we go back to the phones, back to the fun. Uh, let's talk to DJ in Chicago. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi guys. Hey DJ, what's on your mind? I'm so glad you. I'm so glad Dan brought this up. Uh, I've heard of Zopa. I think it, is it Z O P A. Yes, that's yeah. correct. Z O P A dot com. I've read about them before, and also Prosper. Prosper is the company. Prosper dot com. They are. They do operate in the U.S. Okay. Right? Is it the same concept? Um, the, it was uh, the started Prosper? in uh, the U.S. Okay. It's the same kind of idea. You explained it very well. That's exactly how Prosper works. I haven't used it myself, but I've, I was real interested in, in learning about it a, a few months back um, because it's really, it is really a free market alternative to banking. Right, and um, the more competition, the merrier as far as I'm concerned. Right, and it's even a, comp- and it's even, uh, a competitor to the government in a, in, in a way because uh, especially for uh, something like education funding or a small business loan through the government. Instead of going to the government for those kinds of things, you can go to prosper.com and, you know, it's exactly like what you explained Zopa was. I'm actually surprised that the governments are allowing these organizations to even exist at this point, considering their connections with the bankers and everything. I wonder how they get around that. Um, I don't know, but, you know, apparently it's legit, so they've been around for a while now. I think think Prosper's been around for... uh, a good year or so. I'll have to go and take a look at them too, because it's it's interesting. I mean, if you've got some, it, basically, if you have some money that you can loan out, you could make a little bit of money from doing this, right? Right. Yeah. And and, and exactly like you said, I think what they do is they spread out your risk, so you're not lending to any one borrower. Right. You're you're lending to all you know. You know, you're only lending a, a small amount of money to each borrower if you're a lender. So it's it's a matchmaking service, kind of like. It's an it's it's an auction based matchmaking service for lenders and borrowers. Very good. That would be a good summary. So DJ, what uh, what else did you have for us tonight? Um, well, actually, I call, the reason I called originally was um, was to talk about the Red Bull and vodka thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you were I think Ian, you were over sensationalizing it a little bit, like it's some phenomenon. Um, I, I've enjoyed uh, Red Bull and vodka or other energy drinks and and vodka before. And um, it, it is an interesting effect. Um, you get a little bit of a buzz from the alcohol and a little bit of the, 
the uh, reverse buzz, I guess, from the energy drink. Um, it's just not that big of a deal, though. It's it tastes good and. It doesn't. Um, it didn't sound like it was a big deal in that there have been billions of these cans of drinks sold every single year. But I think yeah. it nonetheless was important. Certain doctors out there are saying it's not necessarily a good idea to mix stimulants with depressants. Yeah, I, I guess you know the way I see it is uh, if you use it in moderation, then you know it doesn't really matter that much. You Probably know? true. It, Probably true. But, there's a lot of things in the energy drinks that are like you, you, you were talking about the taurine mm-hmm. and the uh, the G1, <laughs> whatever it is. Guarine. Um, you know, but we put yeah guarine. Uh, we put a lot of foreign substances into our body every day with the foods we eat and, the, you know, even with the air we breathe. So, you know, I, I guess I don't see it as being a very big deal. It's true. Uh, and, and, as long as it's done in moderation. Okay, I think that's an important message. And, of course, anybody who's not being moderate about these sorts of things probably wouldn't listen to a be safe message in the first place, right? Yeah. Probably true. <laughs> very good, DJ. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Matt in Illinois on the... Amplifier line. Hello, Matt. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey. What's on your mind? Um, well, Happy New Year. Indeed, sir. Uh, I, the one gentleman um, that just called DJ, he said essentially the same thing I was going to say is that everything should be done in moderation. It's a good way to put it. I used to be a huge coffee drinker. I would drink eight cups of coffee a day. Oh, my gosh. I want to come back to you, if you could. Hang Mm. on, Matt. Hang on. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Call toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. And get interactive at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. But only moments remain in this, the Monday, first show of the New Year edition of Free Talk Live. Seconds are ticking away. Indeed, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. We give them away. Though we do ask that you become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. It's completely voluntary, above and beyond all the free stuff you get on the website uh, essentially, it's just a way to support a show that you enjoy, to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations, to get more Internet listeners, and thereby spread the message of freedom and liberty around the world. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for that today. Oh, how could I forget, Mark? There's one other thing you can do for us, and it won't cost you anything but a minute of your time. It is that time again, and that means it is time to vote. It's the first day of the month. So therefore, the voting totals have been reset over at Podcast Alley, which is where we push for votes every single month of the year at uh, podcastalley.com. That's where the uh, the main site is. But if you want to go and vote for Free Talk Live, we want you to head to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you to exactly where you need to be. It'll take you less than uh, less than a minute. All you need is an email address. You won't be spammed. You won't uh, have your email sold. Vote.freetalklive.com. By the way, last month... We made, I think we set a record. We got, we got over 1,100 votes. Yeah, that's a lot. Last month. Great totals. Unfortunately, the number one show got 1,900 votes. Wow. So we still... Those darn Potter kids? Yeah, we finished out the month at number four, so we're sort of hovering at around three or four every single month. So we really need to step it up. We really need to get more, uh, more votes online. And so thank you if you voted last month. Now we need you to do it one more time. Vote.freetalklive.com as we go to back to Matt in 
Illinois. You're back on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Okay, so I was talking about how uh, I used to drink a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eight cups eight a day? Years ago. Yeah, eight, ten cups a day. I mean, I worked for a vending uh, machine operator, and we used to, uh, and I could get it for free. Okay. So I was drinking a lot of it. And before that, when I was real, really young, I was working a couple of jobs, and I used to take boxes of no-dos, oh. which are caffeine. Yeah. Wow. Caffeine pills. And I would pop those pills by the by the ton. Good Lord. What, uh, how did you start? I mean, how did you uh, get into that? Well, I showed up at work one more one morning after uh, a heavy uh, heavy night. Uh, uh, I don't know whether I was drinking or partying or sex or what it was. You know, right. I was a young man at the time, and I needed something to wake me up. So the guy I worked with said, "Here, try some of these," and he gave me some note notes, and I started popping them, and I liked them, and I liked the speed. Wow! Part, so I started taking a lot of it. That's all it took. And um, yeah, and uh, and then uh, you know, I just I was overdoing it. And then about ten years ago, eight ten years ago, I started having heart, palp- heart palpitations. Palpitations, oh my! Yep. And I was in my mid thirties. You know, I was a young man, right? Uh, still am, but um, I I started really worrying. My heart was, you know, really making me scared. So I went to the doctor and I had him check it out. And he put me on a stress test and uh, listened to it. But he said, "You've been doing cocaine." Oh my! I said, no, I don't do cocaine. He says, I've tried it a couple of times, but I don't do cocaine. Right. He goes, yeah, you sound like you're doing cocaine. He says, no. He says, well, anything else, anything like that? He says, I drank a lot of coffee, and he told me, stop. And I stopped drinking the coffee, and the heart population stopped. Get out of here. That's amazing. Yep. I'll tell you, so, I was having um, um, panic attacks, um, you know, real stress uh, in my life, and uh, when I cut out coffee... My blood pressure went down, and I stopped having that. Was it after eight or ten years, uh, after years of uh, a habit like you had, how difficult was it to quit? Did you have a tr- uh, any trouble? Nothing's been difficult for me to quit. I quit cigarette smoking after 15 years. I quit cold turkey. Wow, that's good. Mm. Congratulations. So it's, it's not difficult for me to quit. I quit anything. I mean, um, you know, I quit smoking pot. I quit uh, drinking. I haven't had a drink in three years. I haven't had a cigarette in ten. Congratulations! And I, I, I do it all cold turkey when I when I feel you know it's time. I just do it. So um, the heart thing scared the hell out of me, and I quit drinking coffee uh, for about five years, and uh, then I started drinking it. Now I only drink a couple of cups a day, and, and in fact, that's what I have. I have two cups a day. I say, okay, that's what I'm going to have. And, did you um, get did you get a little frightened when you started fine. it up again? I mean, when you what what made you decide to get back into it after five years? Um, I just thought, you know, I don't think that um, it, it's hurting me. It's going to hurt me if I have a couple of cups. Um, I, I feel like the uh, like DJ that if you do everything in moderation, uh, that was a Greek philosopher, I believe, said that. Fair if enough. You do everything in moderation, that it, it's not going to hurt. Well, Matt, yeah, uh, definitely be careful. Um, watch your heart, and uh, we're glad to know that uh, that you had so, so much success getting off of that, and uh, no trouble. And good luck in the good luck in the future with your uh, with your habits, there, sir. And we uh, we appreciate the call. Thanks. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The toll free number. Let's go to Por- uh, Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Paula. Yeah, hi, hon. There is something I've been thinking about all day. I've been listening to things that we're finding out uh, behind all this stuff that are are government's involved in. You mean you've been thinking about a nice hot cup of black coffee? 
I drink maybe a couple of cups a day, and that's it. Okay, all right, that's good. Yeah, do matter of fact, cocaine. I found a lot of stuff about coffee that does it does do a lot of damage to you. Right. But uh, I've been drinking like uh, tea, Native American tea. Mm-hmm. That even kills cancer. <laughs> huh, no kidding. Yeah, you is know that because it? it was made by the engines? No, it's grown uh, all. It's grown up north and uh, near Canada. Yeah, and the Indians have been using this for from the very beginning. It kills cancer, helps your immune system. How about that? Uh, it kills tumors. Matter of fact, the guy that went to have a tumor taken out, the doctor went to get it. It just fell out in his hand. The whole oh my thing God! Was dead. Did you? Uh, did you, have you ever? Now, since you're into the Indian uh, health technology or the Indian health remedies, have you ever smoked any salvia? No. Do you know what that is? Never heard of it. It's a it's a shaman experience, Paula. It might give you some insight into uh, the really? world that you live in. You should take a look into it. Huh. I know that you're into Where all you those alternative it? things. Oh, you can get it on the internet. It's probably not illegal in your state yet. Oh. Uh, so, what did you have on your mind tonight? Well, it's just that uh, you know all the truth we've been finding out, and then um, I just I'm so angry about what's happening, and I think the people of this country need to rise up and ask this whole administration to be put behind bars. But who's going to put them behind bars, Paula? The U.S. Attorney General's office. But they're the administration. <laughs> well, they can just back off and do it. Or they can go down with them. But who's going to send them down? Who's going to send them down then? Well, uh, uh, there's other police officers that could put them in jail. <laughs> Not without order, orders from well, above. I think the, well, the impeachment is still in judiciary, and I still have a good hunch that it just might go through. All right, Paula. Well, keep us up to date, and we appreciate hearing from you as well, always. What, 800-259. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Because uh, we gotta get, I had to make room for Tony because he's been waiting patiently. Tony in New York, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, not too much. I was hearing all this talk about coffee. I think I drink maybe a couple cups a day. You know what I do though is I filter my water, and that just makes like a world of difference. I I I, I don't even go out for coffee anymore. I I make it at home, and and uh, you know I have a couple cups in the morning. When you say you I'm filter done. your water, you mean you'd like run it through a Brita filter or something like that before no, you make no. the coffee? Well, Brita doesn't Brita doesn't take out enough. I use one of those Berkey water filters. There you, you go. Know, I hear you know, very good. Of, yeah, yeah, it takes out a lot. Takes out a lot more of the stuff. I mean, uh, you know, speaking about government, I mean, it's obvious that they put all this stuff in the water, and you know, when you start when you start filtering the water, and then you start noticing uh, how much different it tastes. It's the true. Headaches go away. All that stuff. I don't like the uh, the government water. It's just they do put a bunch of crap in it, and uh, that's no good. And in fact, you know, Mark, I did actually have a chance to try the Berkey water, and it was pretty tasty. Russell, Russell Canning, he's mm-hmm. got one of those over at his house. I hear they're the best gravity-driven yeah. um, water filter you can buy. So yeah, I'm about to get one of the. Uh, I'm about to get the uh, the fluoride. Uh, attachment because I hear that the fluoride is actually too small too, and the fluoride's a big mess too because that's uh, you know there's there's different kinds of fluoride, but the fluoride that they put in the water uh, is some kind of like byproduct uh, from well, the 50s or something. No, fluoride by its I think by its nature is a byproduct of petroleum production. I'm not sure about that, but I just believe that fluoride in general that's where it comes from. Oh. Yeah. So not good to put in your body. Definitely no, definitely not. not. I mean, if I want some fluoride, I'm going to go to the dentist. I don't need the government uh, deciding to put it in my water system. Right. Tony, yeah. anything else on your mind? Well, the other thing is, uh, uh, you know, I was listening to uh, I was listening to an interview the other night about uh, about television and how uh, you know how how the television um, you know sort of puts you in this state of deep sleep you know and, and they don't you know the people that run television they know this stuff 
but they don't uh, they don't tell you, and so yeah. the government's sort of in on that. It's not really a state of deep sleep more than it is uh, just lower waves. Like you it, you compare somebody's brain scan essentially when they're watching TV to when they're not, and basically they go down into more of the I don't know if it's alpha or whatever. They essentially their their brain pattern slows down. You're not quite deep sleep, but you're you're definitely a little more out of it than you are, for instance, if you're listening to the radio. Because uh, and Tony, thank you for the call. Because when you're listening to the radio, you don't have that visual stimulation. You have to actually think more about what's being said. You have to uh, imagine a little bit more. For instance, if you're listening to a radio news broadcast versus a television news broadcast, there's just more for your mind to do uh, when you're listening to radio. And that's good, because we do radio. It's good for your brain. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. Yes, that's right. Radio, it's good for your brain. Free Talk Live, it's good for your brain. More tomorrow night. See you online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 